Hi, everybody. This is your ghost host, Chelsea, here from the Sticks and Bones podcast. And a little information about this episode before we start. This was actually featured on Patreon back in January of 2023. Um, So we might be talking about things that have already happened or launched already for us, but we wanted to give a sampling of some of the things we talk about on our Patreon. So in this episode, we go through um, the underworld. And we also are talking about Thanatos today, a little bit of mythology for you. And at the end, I do a collective message um, for our Patreon members. So if you're interested, take a listen. If you're interested in joining our Patreon, it is $10 a month. We do lives there. We also offer extra podcast episodes and enjoy this little bonus episode here on Sticks and Bones with Chelsea and 10. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode here on Sticks and Bones Patreon with your ghost host, Chelsea and Ten. Hi, Ten. How are you? I'm so good, Chelsea. I am super excited to be talking about this because I actually just uploaded a map of the Greek underworld today to Patreon. So super excited. Lots of things to talk about. One of my favorite things. So I'm super excited. But how are you? I mean, I'm excited to look at your map too. I always like a good refresher because I feel like Hades is so fast and there's so many mythological figures and things that go on within the underworld because let's face it, in the Hellenic belief, everybody goes to the underworld. So that's where we all meet at the end, even the heroes, right? Oh, Um, yeah. So (laughs) it is a very interesting, interesting realm and um, I'm excited to talk about it today. Yeah. Plus I think when we, you know, get to it, we can kind of put our own like two cents into who we would put in certain realms. Yeah, we could. (laughs) For me, everybody goes to Tartarus. (laughs) (laughs) Off with their heads. (laughs) Off with their heads. Um, But before we start this episode, I just want to say, if you're watching this, because we're going to have this up before the new moon ritual, um, we're really sorry about the date change. We had originally intended for it to be the 21st, but listen, your girls were stressed that day. We were making that event and it was me in particular. And I put the 31st instead of the 21st, but thank you to one of our lovely Patreon members for pointing that out because Ted and I all week were intending to do this on the 21st. And it would have been so awkward if nobody showed up. <laughs> so, um, we just want to apologize. We too make mistakes and, um, thankfully it was caught before the event. So we're sorry if you can't make it on the 21st, but we just want to let you know that any major like lunar phase, like the full moon or the new moon, you can always do the ritual three days after. So everyone will have access to the live, even though if you can't make it at that time, um, we'll probably be on live for like an hour. So even if you can't make the exact time, we'll still be there. Um, I did get a couple of questions about it today. And I just want to say a few things about the rituals that we do here. Um, because I know a lot of you are new, um, you're new worshipers to some of the Hellenic gods, or maybe you've never done a ritual before. That's fine. We are experts in rituals with specifically the Chthonic. We've been doing this for a very long time. It is completely safe to do the new moon ritual with Hecate. Now I digress. Please feel free to do your own divination. We always say that maybe you feel like you shouldn't be doing it. And maybe that's a sign that you shouldn't do it, you know? So yeah, do your own divination, always check. 
Um, nothing is going to backfire on you. I did get this question today and it reminded me that maybe we just kind of need to explain that, um, because it's not a spell working per se. We are giving our energy and our intentions to Hikate, who therefore is going to help us carry out what we are intending to do. Mm -hmm. That's why we are encouraging you to bring an offering, which is the garlic, um, for her, because that's one of her favorite offerings. And she is really going to be in charge of this whole thing. Ten and I are just walking you through it. Um, it's yes. going to be very easy, very simple. I just wanted to get that out of the way. Absolutely. I think it's very well said. And I I know you spoke about this earlier, but remember doing rituals like this, it's akin to like you give something, there's an exchange happening. So it is, you know, you giving garlic and she is going to be helping you know bring a few things into fruition for you so do not worry again as always do your own divination we are not the end-all be-all but we just want to be here to help you along the way for sure and um you know another thing I want to state too because I do think this comes up a lot especially on the internet um you you all have been with us for a long time. We are devotees to the underworld and there are certain things we've had to do to get to this place in our practice. We've been practicing for quite some time working with these divinities and worshiping them for quite some time. So, we have permission to do these things. So, we're not just up here being like come one, come all, buy this Hakate ritual. You know what I mean? Like for our own profit, we do it to educate and also because we're working with an ancient goddess who wants to do a ritual alongside of us you know people used to do this so they would petition them um send things through the underworld to answer their petitions especially to Hikate if you've been following mm -hmm. both of our social platforms so we're just basically reunite reigniting an old practice and bringing it into modern day which we have permission to do so I just want to make that clear we don't just like wake up and say we're gonna do this today because I feel like it <laughs> Yeah, no. Yeah, you got to be our job. You got to be really careful um doing things like that because, you know, at the end of the day you are doing it in their name, so you mm -hmm. want to kind of lead with your best foot forward. And when that does come about, like we've been upfront about everything, like we ask, we sit, we do divination, channel, excuse me, to make sure that the products that we are putting out does it justice, right? And mm -hmm. You know, listening back to that podcast that we had just filmed on, you know, tracing the lineage of Hakate, um, I'll say it again, you know, for any death products, death merch, in a sense, of sticks and bones, we are giving back. We are putting our money where our mouth is. And it might, you know, speak to you as well to kind of do the same thing. And, you know, we are giving back in a way that speaks to us, whether that is preservation, museums, archaeological sites, anything like that. So, you know, while you follow us, that's great. But, you know, for anybody else who you follow and you're very much into them, their content, what they're also producing and putting out, you know, say they have a shop or something, um, go ahead and ask them like, hey, what's this doing? Like, I really love this. Um, what's your relationship like? Are you donating? Is anything going anywhere? Um, because I know Chelsea and I spoke about this the last podcast, how near and dear certain things like this is to our hearts. We want to make sure that, yes, we are bringing the ancient magical practices of 2000 plus years ago into mm -hmm. the modern age. But while we're doing that, we also want to preserve those traditions and give back to the native country itself. 
Yeah, it's it's extremely important. And um, I, I know we mentioned it on the last podcast episode, but we always want to be super transparent with you. Um, we're always going to be transparent here of like, this is what we're about. This is why we do the things that we do. Um, also, too, we do have an agreement with the gods. Like, I'll be honest, we can say this. Um, Sticks and Bones is dedicated to them. This is our platform where we're mm-hmm. able to talk about them and their evolution over time. And like, we have 10 who's an archeologist, right? So, and me, who's been a, a Catholic devotee for a very long time. So we can trace, do things like trace Hecate and mm-hmm. give it the justice that it deserves, because we do know that we do combat a lot of misinformation. And I know you all love learning from us. So we do like in honor, their exchanges, 10 and I teach for them. You know what I mean? That's oh, yeah. what we do along with their guidance show. We don't know everything, but we do actually dedicate our platforms to them. So I don't even think like my platform is my own. I use it to give yeah. correct information or teach or to lessen some fear, especially around Haiti. So, oh yeah. And I think in a sense that like we are working with them and they are allowing us to teach mm-hmm. about them. Um, we are given the knowledge of, you know, certain epithets that, you know, Chelsea has gone over about Hakate on her page. Super fascinating. Check it out. And, you know, I'm given the ability to talk about archaeological finds and being able to be like, hey, this museum has it, like, go check it out, all of that kind of stuff. So don't forget, you know, with everything, there has to be, you know, give and take. There there has to be an exchange happening and it has to be done as always with respect, as we always say. Yeah, absolutely. Like we said, we're not just not doing anything in return. So um, <laughs> always keep that in mind. I know a lot of you do work with the, or worship the Chthonic. So make sure you're always coming at it with respect. And we always want to be transparent of where these things are coming from. You know, I'm sure some of you are like, why do they get to do this? What's the deal here? This is the deal we're telling you right now. So but we <laughs> love doing it. I, I We were going to do a podcast anyway, whether it was going to be about just the paranormal, like we just love talking about anything. So Oh yeah. All fingers in all pots. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's fun. It's fun. So we have a good time here anyway. So just wanted to get that out of the way because I was getting some questions about it and I just always kind of feel the need to be super transparent about where we're coming from or where we're going or why we do the things that we do. Because one thing you never want to profit off of is death. And that is something we never want to come across as that we are profiting off of death ever Mm -hmm. now, like coffins and things like that, because we're Gothic and we like that stuff. Yeah. But death itself, absolutely not. Mm -mm. Anyway, speaking of death, <laughs> shall we dive into today's topic of Thanatos? I believe we should. So this was a um, highly requested topic and Thanatos is a tough one. So let's just get this out of the way. Um, there's not a ton of information about Thanatos or Moors. And I know some of you might come in contact with Thanatos, especially if you're working with the Chthonic, um in any practice, mm-hmm. um, or maybe you feel compelled to have an altar for Thanatos or Moors, um, Roman counterpart. But there is not a lot of information on Thanatos because as we know, in the Greco-Roman period, death was something that was feared. Yeah. And, and Thanatos is the epitome of death, brings death, harbinger of death. Yes. And it's very, very interesting that even in the realm of death, he is one aspect. Right. He is peaceful death. Right. Unlike and his brother. <laughs> meanwhile, his whole family tree is filled with a ton of other, you know, different aspects of death. You know, who gets to rule over what? Who do they bring into the underworld? But, you know, um, Thanatos is in many cases considered to be a god, 
in other instances, he is considered to be a personified spirit or a demone, which right utterly fascinating when you look at his Greek mythological tree and you're just like, how? <laughs> right. And I think it gets confusing because today you probably see a lot of people worshiping Thanatos, but Ted and I were just talking about this once again, before we recorded, we <laughs> always like, are like talking about things and we're like, shit, we should have just press record now because this is the whole podcast episode. And we always do like a second take, but there, we could not find any evidence of people in Greece worshiping Thanatos. Yeah, I really don't know any evidence of it. Plus, with chthonic divinities, you would be leaving libations, offerings in pits. There is only one temple in the entire Greek world where a pit, where offerings were left, is located in a temple. Why is that? Because in the ancient Greek world, altars and where offerings are always sacrificed or given are outside of the temple. And we only have one instance, and it is a temple to um, Hecate in modern-day Turkey. Didn't but, you just talk about this on your TikTok account? Yeah, that's why I was fresh in my noggin. I'm like, I feel like I'm either having deja vu. Maybe you talked to me about this. Maybe I knew this. I'm like trying to pinpoint where this information is coming from. Multiply that by psychic. <laughs> what the hell? Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 you're good. But that already shows you that Chthonic divinities are not really the forefront of offerings and worship. And it's really interesting because Thanatos as death or nonviolent death is revered, understood, but is less feared, in my opinion, than King Hades. I, I could see that. I can absolutely. I mean, King Hades is in charge of the enti entire underworld. He can also rule judgment on where you where you go if he like. He is in charge of everybody, and I think everybody had a better understanding that there is going to be a time where we are all going to die. So let's kind of honor death. And of mm -hmm. course, from that, you have memento mori art, which is Latin for all men must die. I um, so I believe mortality was a little bit more understood, especially when you add in the mori or the fates into mm -hmm. the playing field. Um, but it's very a different take than, say, King Hades. Like, that is actual, like, fear. Right. I mean, when you look at the way he's been written in mythology, of course. And mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like that that makes a lot of sense and something that is definitely understood because you're right. Death happens to everybody. We talk about it all the time. But King Hades is king of the underworld. You know, he's in charge of all of it. Thanatos oh, yeah. serves him, you know, like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, interesting. So his touch is said when you die, he actually like will like come and touch you and take Boop. your, you know, boop, you're done. <laughs> you're right on the nose. Bye. To the underworld we go. Boop. <laughs> hope you got your oval. <laughs> I hope that happens to me. I hope that's how it goes. I just get booped on the nose and Hermes appears and goes, let me take you to the underworld, kid. Come on. And then we do a heel click off into the sunset. <laughs> yeah. So his gentle touch is likened in writings to his brother hypnos who is the god of sleep mm -hmm. so 
I I kind of think that's kind of where that idea of going dying is like falling asleep. Um, it's very gentle, but his sisters are the personification of violent death. So they reside on battlefields. Um, I'm good on that. That's I don't where they take the, them. And they're called the Carries. Um, and when Thanatos is depicted in artwork, um, he is usually always depicted as having wings, which fascinating. Yeah. So um, I guess I, yeah. Okay. I can say it. Um, yeah. I see Thanatos with wings. And I remember I posted that on the internet somewhere. And someone was like, you can't see Thanatos with wings. And I was like, well, actually, that's how he's depicted in Greece. He's actually depicted with wings. Yeah. It's like they're like angel wings almost. They look like, and it's very interesting. I don't know why wings, um, angel, they look like angel wings almost. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. It's not just him. Um, in some necromantic writings, people do say that ghosts also have wings. They can appear to have wings. Well, didn't we do that whole episode on sirens and they also have like bird wings? Sirens are part bird, part woman. I'm good on that. That's terrifying. As are harpies. So yeah. it, it, there's a lot of bird um, imagery. And he's also depicted as being a bearded older man. Not how I see him. Um, mm-hmm. He's rarely shown as a beardless youth, but there are, you know, pieces of art that do show that. Um and he usually, when he's depicted in artwork, it's from the scene of Homer's Iliad, where he is shown opposite of his brother Hypnos, um, and they are carrying together off the body of uh, Sarpedon. So it seems like they also like work in tandem. But if we look at Moors, who in a sense is the Roman equivalent to Thanatos, In Roman sculpture, he is portrayed as a youth holding a downturned torch and wreath or butterfly, which symbolizes the soul of the dead. That's interesting how the depictions very different. And also, by the way, if you do a Google search on Moors, a lot that comes up these days is a goddess of death. Yeah. When you told me, I was like, I have not heard that. I was, yeah, because I was just, you know, we like to brush up before we do this. And I was just, I just wanted to see what was out there, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like syncing up with 10. I'm like, do you know, because I personally don't of any instance in Rome where someone could have seen a goddess of death more. like, is there, because we know deities, right. Don't abide by gender. Um, They don't, they can be whatever they want to be. So it didn't even like, I thought about it and I was like, well, it could be a possibility. Could be a possibility. And I, I think it's interesting if if there are depictions uh, of a female Moors, I I think that would be incredible to uncover and dive mm-hmm. into that. Um, but it is interesting because for how little we know about Thanatos in the historical and archaeological record, we have less about Moors. <laughs> I know. And this is why I say a lot of my clients, I do a lot of readings for the Chthonic and sometimes <laughs> Thanatos does step forward and, and people panic because they're like, I, Chelsea, I can't find anything. And I'm like, what you found is probably the only <laughs> stuff that you're going to know. <laughs> Listen, trust me, I've been trying myself mm-hmm. like to learn, but what Ted and I are saying today is all the stuff we know. Like there's it's all the not stuff really out much there. more. There's not um, really much more. Mores, get it? We want so mores. Other um, siblings <laughs> of his include 
Eris, who is chaos. She's a chaos goddess. Um, In Roman mythology, uh, her name is Discordia. Um, Hypnos, of course, is his twin brother. Styx, the personification of the river Styx, is his sibling. See, I did not know that. See, I learned something new today. (laughs) And it is also said that the fates are siblings of him. That's interesting. Greek family trees really get me. They really get me because they don't make sense. And I think it also, not only do they not make sense, but when you add in like how mythology, Hollywood, all of that has, you know, portrayed certain divinities. Like I'm going to use the fates for the example. Fates to me are like trillions of years old. So how did somebody, how are you related to them? I don't know. It's that's why like too. And I know a lot of people like also get nervous because they can't understand a Greek family tree. Well, let me tell you, I am right there with you. (laughs) I just go by what I feel is right in my own personal worship and practice because so many different lineages, parents, this, that, well, speaking of family tree, isn't it his mother, Nyx? Yes. I was going to try and see if I had a family tree on my iPad right now. I don't. But when I tell you, there's lines that cross over cross and it looks just like a tangled mess. Yeah. That is Greek family trees for sure. It is. It is just a tangled mess. So um, it's important to know and to acknowledge, but, you know, I don't look at Hermes and go, wow, Zeus is your father. You know what I mean? He's Hermes. He's his own God in his own right. And yes, it's fine. (laughs) Um, So his parents are usually um, shown as Nyx, who is the uh, personification of night. Mm -hmm. And his father is Erebus, who is the personification of darkness. Mm -hmm. So it kind of makes sense, like from night and darkness, you would get death different aspects of death sleep fate right the river sticks like it's so interesting like it makes sense <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't um and obviously they're two primordial figures um yes. but see like to me if i were to pin thanatos with a family tree it'd be hades and persephone so it's you know what i mean like it just obviously that's that's not anywhere it just doesn't make any sense you know it's just like i get what they did but also at the same time like for me if i were to do that i'd be like oh well he must be a child of hades and persephone because the underworld yeah it would make sense oh but then it gets wild and i'm just gonna throw this out here um (laughs) that in some tellings of mythology persephone is the mother of dionysus i know i know that i i can't even think about that that throws me for a goddamn loop (laughs) I can't even think about it because I'm like, I just, I have to put that off to the side for another day. We'll tackle that another time. Another time I will think about it. But sometimes like, I feel like that thought just pops into my head and I'm like, oh yeah, that's crazy. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Um, Some symbols of Thanatos are poppies. Um, They symbolize death. Um, the inverted torch and torches are really interesting because torches because because <laughs> what am I from New York I was just about to be like I didn't know you were from New York I don't think you are you've never told me that a little bit a little bit of my mother just came out Plus. Um, um because um you can find torches being used by Demeter, Hecate, Persephone like they are heavily used in iconography of chthonic divinities Yes, but his are always turned upside down. Um, we also because have he's blowing the torch out because you're dead. The tribe has spoken. <laughs> That's it. 
boop, boop, you're dead. <laughs> yep. It's done. Um, we also have theta. So the Greek letter theta is also representative of him as is butterflies, which I love. Me too. But you know what? I feel like that's a symbol over time. That's always been associated with death. Even in today, like I have a lot of, um, my dad's side of the family tends to be a little bit more spiritual. Like my aunt always tells me she talks to angels and I'm like, what kind of angels are you talking to out there? And what classification? Because I need to know for the record, but she always says like her angels send her butterflies and she swears she talks to talks to the dead. I'm like, maybe you do, man. Maybe you do. <laughs> but a lot of people see butterflies from like their deceased loved ones as signs because they are a symbol of death, transformation, life, you know. all of that. Like, yeah. I think it's such a great um, symbol to have because it really does showcase everything and it's a beautiful embodiment of it. Um, I remember when my grandfather passed away, when I was in high school, uh, there's a, you know, just a well-known tradition. I actually don't know where this tradition comes from, but in my family, as soon as somebody passes away and you're in the room with them, you are to open the windows so that their, I guess, life force or soul, like they can go. That makes a lot of sense. I've heard that before and I don't know what culture or tradition that is from, but I have absolutely heard that. And when that happened, I don't know where this butterfly came from, but it flew out of the hospital room. Oh, that's so just beautiful. Like- <laughs> Go little rock star. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just sit here and cry. <laughs> I know it. I do love the symbol of a butterfly and I love that it's associated with Thanatos because he's merciful death. And, um, you know, like we said, he does have other siblings that are a little bit more violent in death and things like that, but in tragedy, but yeah, he tends to have a more calming presence. And one thing I think is interesting about him today is most people actually see him as as a grim reaper now and not how he was depicted in Greece. I mean, besides the wings, some people see the wings. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just wonder if that's him evolving over time with the vision of death evolving over time compared to what it was in the Greco-Roman period. Cause today we think of death. I think of a reaper, right? Yeah. Like that's how I think of death, not some bearded man with wings. Um, so I, I do think he, I mean, I don't think, I know he's kind of evolved with our image. He has. Yeah. Of death. For sure. And it, it's so, fitting. Yeah. I see him with like, and, and I cleared this. I wasn't allowed to talk about it. The scythe and the reaper. And um, it looks very different compared to, um, how he was depicted in the Greco-Roman period aside from the wings but that's why I was so kind of taken aback by the artwork and you might notice that with some of the divinities you worship um, they take different forms over time oh absolutely um, and I think another really interesting figure who is usually paired with Thanatos in the sense of taking souls to the underworld is Hermes Hermes one of my favorites Yeah. Well, he is a psychopomp. He is a conductor of souls. So yeah, when you are being transported to Hades, you're going down to the good old underworld. He's the one that would be taking you there. Yeah. So it, it kind of seems like in mythology, like the duty of kind of not ferrying, but like bringing souls into like kind of the first stopping point, it's kind of split between the two. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's determinative on how you die like if it's not peace not peaceful but not violent like maybe hermes comes to get you um it was really unclear about that but it was just noting that they both do it 
I also wonder too if you like worshipped Hermes, maybe he wanted to come get you to bring you over to the other side. You know what I mean? Like if you he was part of like your household worship or maybe you were a devotee to him or something like that, maybe that's how it works too. I'm not sure because I know Thanatos is also a psychopomp as well and does bring souls over. Um, so very interesting. Um, I did always wonder about that if it always just the bird, not the burden, but the job went to Hermes alone or do they do it together. Like, how does that work? But I guess. Yeah, it kind of seems like it's like a joint, a joint effort, you know, I'm sure it is because think about how many people die and it's, I mean, that's a lot of work. Yeah. You got, you got to, you know, share it. Um, yes. So after that, it's the divinity or daemone depending on how you want to look at him is sharon i love sharon too so calm. yeah i would i would assume so um but yeah sharon ferrying souls across things like that make sure you have your your oval your oval um there are three judges actually in the underworld oh I'm- so we've moved on to residents of the underworld yes I, I was going to do a really cool segue, and then I was going to say, speaking about Hermes, let's talk about the residents that reside in Hades, but Ten just kind of started going into it. <laughs> also, I have a really bad migraine today, so I'm so sorry for everybody if I am not on 100%. I did. I meant to say this at the beginning of the episode. I did um, a mediumship reading live with a one-on-one client for the first time in a long time where I was channeling for a full half hour. And I have this searing pain in my head because I think I have to build up my stamina again Um, because we had to take a huge break from mediumship, like talking about death and everything. Yeah. I have a searing migraine right now. So I'm trying my best to be on for the podcast. But if you see me kind of spacing out a little bit, just give me a pass for today. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. So you moved into Sharon now. Yes. Moving into Sharon. He... So it's really interesting because he, different people will, uh, different authors, I'm sorry, will consider him different things, but he is the ferryman and mm. you do have to pay your toll to go across the Acheron and the sticks to become judged. Um, and there are three judges. I am blanking on their names, but. Minos is one of them. Yes. I cannot remember the, one starts with an R. I cannot remember them because I cannot pronounce the names. I'm going to look it up. The only one I know for sure is Minos. The other one starts with an R. It's a very long, long, long name that I cannot pronounce. And maybe you might be able to do it more justice than I can. Um, But I also like, this is why I say I think Hades is kind of scary sometimes because you get on this boat with this ferryman with your coin. If you have one, if you were buried appropriately, because then if you're not, you just become the restless dead who was allowed Mm -hmm. to haunt until you were buried appropriately because you weren't allowed into Hades unless you had a coin. Um, And then after you get your coin and you get on this boat. Okay. Also, do you guys see why people were afraid of the underworld? Like this is the kind of shit that goes on Um, respectfully. You then have to go get judged by the judges. Yeah. Okay. And if they deemed you of going into Tartarus, that's like the Christian hell. Like Kronos is in Tartarus. Yeah. Okay. Oh gosh. Okay. Let's see if I can pronounce this. Yeah. I, I could, I could, I can't for the life of me. I'm like panicking. I'm like, Oh, I look at it. It's like, I can't do it. I just got to do it. One says Radamanthus. Okay. Radamanthus. Now I'll remember (laughs) it. What's the other one? There's Minos, Radamanthus and 
It's like, is it a K? It's an A. Damn it. That one is tough. That one is tough. The A one. Ted and I are going to Tartarus because we cannot pronounce the judge's name. They're going to be like, off with your head. They're going to be like, how do you say my name? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to say, uh, Achis. Okay. Achis. Got it. But yeah. So after you get your coin, you get, you get on your boat with Sharon, who, by the way, was depicted as, um, I don't know. Some people depict him in different ways, which Ten just went through. And then you go to the judges mm-hmm. and then they judge where you belong in the underworld. And by the way, Queen Persephone herself can also pass judgment. And so can King Hades if he wants to. Yeah. And uh, Queen Persephone can dish out some of the harshest punishments as she yes. sees fit, which good on her. <laughs> yeah. That's why um, I think, you know, a lot of people, and we've talked about this before, take her story and you know, mythology is all about how you interpret it based on your world experience, right? But I always, and I've said this before, look at Persephone's story and I think of it as a maiden who was turned into the queen of the underworld against her will, but Mm -hmm. made something of that, right? Like she now gets to dish out punishment and she's a queen. She's not just a goddess of spring. She's also queen of the underworld. So um, I think that's powerful. Oh God, yeah. And I think it's really showcasing transformation at its fullest. Right, right. So I always, because I know sometimes the story of Hades and Persephone can be really jarring for people. And I know if you are going down that path or you're interested in worshiping them, um, obviously their Greek mythology is super important to who they are. It's probably the best known myth of Hades. Um, And it is, it is like upsetting, but that's just how I interpret it. And I'm not saying that's how you have to, but that's just how I see it. Mm-hmm. No, I think anyway, I think that's beautifully said. So, who's next? Tartarus. Tartarus. Oh, Tartarus. Tartarus is so scary. I don't even like to read about Tartarus. I think it's because my religious trauma tends to pop off, and I automatically associate it with like the Christian hell. And um, God, who is that one hero that was sentenced to? go to Tartarus and carry a boulder up the hill and then it comes back down on him. Was it a hero or was that Prometheus? No, Prometheus is chained and has right. the eagle eat his liver. Yeah, that's terrible. The, the Greek mythology, the stories are just terrible, but there was one hero or someone I was reading about one time that in Tartarus, they're sentenced to a life of carrying this boulder up this hill and then they have to do it over and over again and there is no like relief. Yeah, it happens every day. Oh, it is Sisyphus. Sisyphus. Okay. Sisyphus. Um, so Tartarus is like the worst of the worst are going here. Like if you lie, if you just, you know, you know, cut somebody off when you're driving, you're not going to go to Tartarus. Like <laughs> this is for, dare I say, you know, horrible figures in history. Kronos who ate his children. <laughs> yes. He's, he's in Tartarus. The- he is there. Um, some of the Cyclops are said to have been there because of who they supported during um, the uh, Titan and Olympian War. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did originally start as kind of like a prison for those who went against the Titans. But then it went to like the worst of the worst people where you have some of the most incredible stories about punishments happening, such as Sisyphus. Mm-hmm. You also have um, 
uh, Tantalus, who his punishment was he was standing on kind of like um like a platform um in a pool of water and over his head was a fruit tree that had low hanging fruit so anytime he went to go grab a piece of fruit the branches got higher every time he went to go drink water the water would recede it's just like things that mess with your mind you know what i mean it's it's like its own seventh circle of hell but obviously needed for people who are terrible people in the world so yeah that is tartarus basically summed up but i always forget that like chronos is there that's what i think of with tartarus and obviously he ate hades <laughs> as a child so that, that's that's crazy no it, crazy. it it really is and you're just kind of like huh okay um, so I always ask me, you know, my students, like, who would you put in Tartarus? Um, but, you know, I think we should kind of go to the opposite effect of that. Like, it's the worst, the worst. Now, what's the best of the best? Right. And that is um, Elysium or the Elysian Fields. Mm -hmm. um, truly, what I've read, it's like paradise. Yeah. You will not know pain, suffering, and peaceful. It's so peaceful. It's like eternal sunshine. And not everybody is going to go here unfortunately um yeah that was like for the best of the best the betty whites of the world yeah betty white would be in the Fields, <laughs> and i think we've actually talked about this in like our free this is what we debate <laughs> on our free time who's gonna be in <laughs> yeah i well i think because she died last year right betty white yeah last year or the year before something like that yeah i i I feel like since 2020, the years have just kind of morphed together and I don't know where I am sometimes. I'm still like, processing March of 2020, so. What year is it? Um, But I think we did say that about Betty White when we were working <laughs> in the metaphysical store. I can't remember what I ate for dinner yesterday, but I remember that shit. <laughs> Riddle me that. Riddle me that. Um, So we have a lot of mainly like super, super impressive heroes, heroes. are here um not achilles though which is interesting um he is in like where like most of us are gonna end mm -hmm. up um but it's like the best of the best heroes um it's also um some argue that like demigods are because like you are kind of just better than everybody else already so it is reserved for you um but it's kind of just depending on your viewpoint of that and even the ancients they were they were kind of open to interpretation on that mm -hmm. i guess it's all about you know when you're judged where do you go exactly so um, i'm not going to the elysian fields because i can't even get their names right <laughs> <laughs> we're just going with the normal people <laughs> if there's a test <laughs> if that's probably. the judgment it's a test <laughs> i don't know do we crack the code i'm gonna i'm just gonna walk my way into tartars <laughs> I'll just be like, I'll see myself out. Tip, tip, and a doodly-doo, fellas. Okay. I'll be on the shores of Acheron wandering around. You can find me there. I'll just sit in Sharon's boat. Like, I'm just going to stay here forever. It's fine. <laughs> I'll drive the boat now. You, you go take a break. I'm the captain now. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else you want to talk about? Um, I think it's cool to mention to some other residents inside Hades like the Gorgons Medusa I feel like a lot of people don't know Medusa resides in the underworld Medusa and her two sisters yes in some mythologies um are said to reside in the underworld which is right underneath Mount Olympus mm -hmm. um some authors state that they are kind of in 
service to King Hades. Like they work for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it they have their own Gorgon duties. Sometimes I've heard that they actually dish out their own punishments in um Tartarus and kind of for lack of a better term, they keep the riffraff down in the underworld. Yeah, I've I've heard about that too. I think I've read about that somewhere. So it really is like open for interpretation. Um mm-hmm. Also, Nyx, there's some uh, things that state Nyx resides in the underworld. Um, Hikate, we know Hikate resides in the underworld. But like we said, was that always a thing? No, no, it wasn't always a thing. Her chthonic aspect came later. Um, Who else am I missing? Oh, Melano. Melano. Very. Um, Persephone's daughter. The Fates. The Fates. Very, yeah. Hypnos, the god of sleep. The Furies. Cerberus. (laughs) Cerberus. <laughs> oh, Cerberus. We can't forget about Cerberus. I know. Um, who else? And technically, all of the infernal rivers of the Greek underworld are gods themselves. Yes, they have their own personification and spirit. So, um, like, the river Styx is its own god and spirit itself. So, you mm-hmm. might come across that, actually, sometimes in your worship or things like that. But if you are a heavy Chthonic devotee, I guarantee you, you'll probably come across some of these um, divinities, um, daemones, spirits, etc. Mm-hmm. Mythological figures. I'm trying to think of anybody else. I, there's a lot, and I feel like my mind is blanking. Obviously, Queen Persephone. <laughs> Obviously, King Hades. <laughs> Queen Perse- King Hades resides in the underworld. There's the podcast, everybody. Wrap it up. <laughs> Wrap it up. Pack the show up. We're on the Thanks. road. Thanks for being here. Um, I don't know why, but I feel really compelled to pull cards. So I might pull. I have, it's been a while since we've kind of done a reading. It's okay if you don't have yours. I know you're in the office, but um, yeah, I don't think I have any. It's fine. I'll do it. You Unless were kind I of like. carrying this episode on its back today because of my freaking migraine. So I can pull cards. Okay. Are you are you okay enough to do that? Yeah. Yeah. You know what's really weird? Sometimes, uh-huh. um, sometimes when I'm stressed, um, I sometimes need to direct my energy into something and it's pulling cards. Okay. who's trying to come in both of them oh pluto luckily i fed him before the podcast and he fell asleep no they could hear me talking and um voodoo ended up coming in so they're like mom mother god they can't be without me no let's not no (laughs) okay Okay, okay, okay. Interesting, because I pulled my card that actually is Sharon. I'm using the horror deck, which yeah, I don't know why I'm using this deck lately, but it's sitting <laughs> up here. I here we go. Whole, I love the horror deck. Yeah, me too. But sometimes it could be a little rough around the edges. Like I feel like Oh, I don't I read use... it as normal tarot. No, I don't either, but I sometimes feel like it's like a shadow work prompt. But in this instance, it's not. I just kind of feel like it's we're talking about the underworld, we're talking about Hades spooky. Spooky, spooky. spooky the restless dead coming up to haunt you if they haven't been buried appropriately okay witches. so i'm sorry what were you gonna say i said which is a lot of soldiers like yeah right it's mostly people that died in battle all right so um i pulled the six of swords which is my sharon card mm-hmm. and this really reminds me of moving away from something like we just kind of talked about sharon ferrying souls and going somewhere um this is really a card of movement and also a card of like strategy almost um 
I feel like this reading is about strategizing like an exit plan or strategizing about moving away from something. Um, so I'm not sure who needs to hear this. Um, but I pull strategizing knowing who you are like it's really yeah. about like pulling off to the side yes thank you 10 for the info because I was like what what are we strategizing I hate that word it always makes me panic I'm like I don't want to strategize anything what do you know that I don't what are we for? where are we going <laughs> like you see those crazy like training videos and the people are like what are you training for? Like, that's impressive. But what do you know that I don't? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's the apocalypse. Okay. So I also pulled the King of Cups. And once again, this is kind of like, um, my card of, um, knowing who you are, like 10 just said, and the King of Cups is a very like masculine energy, but sometimes like, I feel like with masculine energy, it's very type a getting things under control. It's really like buttoning down and getting your shit together. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this reading is saying, you know, well, hold on. Let me pull the last cup. I mean, the last card I pulled the six of cups, but I don't read this like the regular tarot. This is like refusing to let go and refusing to let things happen. I don't really like the energy of this card. It's like mine, <laughs> you know, that is a straight, uh, black eyed child, which paranormal wise they are known to like haunt and like hoard and like lure people to them so like no thanks yeah it's also reminding me of crying because of not getting your way but did you <laughs> ever think maybe things are not working out for you because you're not doing what you need to be doing and sometimes that happens and this happened to me and I'll give you I'll, I'm always very honest on this podcast I didn't like have my own sense of self or like foundation of who I was. So not that I was like copying other people, but I felt like I was way more inspired to take what other people were doing. And not, I'm not talking about spiritual practices. I'm just talking about like looking like eyelashes. Like I remember I used to like look up to somebody so much and I would like want their entire vibe. And then I, I tried it for myself and I was like, girl, those look like caterpillars on your eyeballs. Take them off. Like the eyelashes were too long. Um, and it just like, wasn't me. So I then would get upset because I'm like, God, nothing is fitting. Like yeah. I'm trying to get inspired from other people, but nothing is working. And guess what? It wasn't working because I wasn't actually taking time to figure out what I liked. I was just like, that looks good on her. So it's going to look good on me. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's really hard to look at yourself and be like, all right, what is my sense of style? What am I doing? And, and, you know, I think like not to get into fashion, but trends and everything, like I'm bringing fucking chokers back these vintage Victorian chokers. I don't give a shit if they're not cool. I don't care if Kim Kardashian's not wearing them. I like them. What is cool? Yeah. Like you'll always find 10 in a beanie. 10 is a beanie girl. That's her thing. You know, winter, winter. I am chilly. I am beanie girl. <laughs> yeah. And not to dilute it down to your look, but it's everything. Right. So this card is very much, this reading is like, take yourself off this road, mm -hmm. sit your ass down and look yourself in the mirror and be like, you know what? I need to find out who I am. And it's interesting because I gave this reading on live today, actually, okay. um, about, you know, a lot of people ask me, how do you excel in your practice? How did you get to where you are? How do you do magic correctly? Guess what? You have to find out who you are. Trial and tribulation, man. It is. It's really hard. And like, it's something that we're all constantly working on. It's like, I still don't really know who I am. I'm, I have an idea, but I'm like, I don't know. It might change next year. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like, even if like you just change something like so slightly, like part of your makeup or something, you're like, who is she? Who is she? Yeah. Also, 
<laughs> I told Tim this earlier, but on my live today, someone came in and told me that um, I was very different from like the beginning of my practice. And I actually had gained weight and it was due to my mental deterioration. Um, I didn't say anything when I was on live, but I was like, though those videos are from a long time ago and you change in a matter of a year. Like, I feel like our bodies are always changing. Like if you look at a picture of yourself from last year, do you even look the same? Like, no. Yeah. I was like, how fucking dare you? Absolutely not. No. And then after also, that, I angrily made a sandwich and I was like, ah, someone just really insulted me and hurt my feelings, but you know what? Whatever. The audacity of people and to you, Chelsea, and to anybody who needs to hear this, you are perfect the way you are. Also, who wouldn't want to change? Like, yeah, why stay the same? Uh, I don't, I don't get it. Like, you know, you all, if you've been following us for a while, you've seen, you know, the different hairstyles. Like, shit, I used to be like, blonde as Chelsea. <laughs> Yeah, I I told you when I see those pictures of you sometimes, I'm like, I don't, you you killed that one. I don't know who she is. Um, But my hair, like a few months ago was pink, you know, and I looked completely different. So not to dilute it down to look, but like, it's going to take some time to find out who you are. And you might have to like try different things. Like, I'll be honest with you. I liked pink hair for like two days. And I was like, what did I do? What have I done? (laughs) I didn't really like it. But anyway, trial and error. Find out who you are. I think that's a task for everybody this year. You know, figure it out. What do you like? What are you into? Oh my God. That was actually one of my readings today. And I think it comes down to you have to try it and it might shock you at first because trust me, when I dyed my hair brown, I have not had my natural hair color in almost a decade. Mm-hmm. And I, it took me back because I straight up panicked. I don't, I like I'm pretty sure I broke down a cabin and I was like, why did I do this? Um, called Chelsea and was just like, <laughs> I love your hair brown. <laughs> and like, it's shocking because that's what change is. Change is uncomfortable. And it's about yeah. you learning to be comfortable in that, which easier said than done. I'm aware, but it is, you know, that little bit of change allows you to be like, oh shit. Like I am, you know, stepping into who I'm meant to be. Like I, I looked at Kevin the other day and I was like, wow, like I'm going back to like kind of how I was in college and like really embracing like the darker side, like the Gothic, like stuff like blonde hair. Like I, I tried to with blonde hair, but it didn't work on me. And you're just taking a break. You're taking a detour and that's okay. I, my hair needs to heal. Yeah, I I totally get that, and I too was like uh, part of the emo generation in the the two thousands. I listen. I'm an elder emo. I'm thirty now, but like I was an emo girl, and I listened to all the emo music. And sometimes when you like suppress the side of yourself, whether it's like emo or something else you were into when you were a teenager, you don't get to like live that out. Because my mom told me I couldn't have black nails, and like I wasn't allowed to dye my hair. And that's why I, a few months ago, I just like went off the rails and dyed my hair pink. I was like, my inner teen would be screaming right now. Yeah. That's all I wanted. But then I didn't like it. (laughs) But hey, you tried it. You tried it. I tried it. And like, even I'm still experimenting with my style still because I never got to like dress the way that I wanted to. And guess what? It doesn't matter how old you are. I'm going to be 30. I still wear skinny jeans and bands. I don't give a shit. Oh, I loves me the Vans, but skinny jeans, I have not been in a pair of pants, like real (laughs) pants since maybe 2012. Fair. Fair. I mean, jeans are uncomfortable sometimes. Uh, Sometimes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's also not about like, you're like, I had a crazy comment the other day of like, 
if you're going to talk professionally, you should dress professionally. I'm like, first of all, sir, it's TikTok. Shut up. Second of all, I dress this way at the university I work for. So I don't really see an issue with it. Just because I wear a beanie with scythes on it doesn't mean I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Kiss my ass. That's what I say to people. Anyway, um, yeah, so the whole point of the reading, really embrace change, try different things, experiment. If you're like, I want to dye my hair and get some box dye and you want to try it, it's sometimes little things. Because I feel like when um, in readings, I tell people about change or you need to start figuring out who you are, I think people panic. And that's been a lot of my readings lately, too, to sum it up. And like, that's interesting that you're getting the same thing. It's like, it's the new year. You know, we're in 2023. Experiment a little bit. What do you like to do? You want a new hobby? want to try something different try something different hobby lifestyle get a tattoo get a piercing do something crazy get a tattoo experiment in your love life like oh yeah how are you not how are you not gonna know if you don't try it like you could try and be like wow hated that but at least we know (laughs) yeah and um also this extends into your spiritual practice Mm -hmm. if you are being pushed to do other things by your whoever is guiding you try it. And if you don't like it, guess what? You can say, you know what? I don't like this. I tried it. I thought about it. This is not for me. I've had that so many times happen to me where I've been pushed into something to try. And I'm like, oh no, no, no. Yeah. I need to go back into my layer of death work. Like I don't like this. <laughs> oh yeah. Like I, I'll, I'll watch from outside the club and appreciate, but you won't yeah. find me in. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> You know, let this be the year. And this is a good lesson for us too, of experimenting and trying different things. Yeah. Let that, let that inner emo child out. Yes. You guys can, you're probably going to see my style evolve this year. So I can't wait to take everyone on, on this journey with me, but, um, let us know in the comments, what is something new that you're going to try? Um, or you've been thinking about trying, you know, give some inspiration to other people on Patreon. You know, we always want to cultivate a community and, you know, we're all just out here trying to figure out life. So anyway. This turned into like an existential crisis at the end. I mean, our last episode was a self-help episode and now it's existential crisis. I mean, we're par for the course. <laughs> we really are. Um, but we want to thank you again for all your support on Patreon. Um, we hope to see you on the new moon ritual on Saturday. Come hang out with us. We're going to be channeling um, some messages from Hikate. Um, we're also doing Chthonic live readings on our TikTok accounts um, on Friday. Don't forget, Patreon members, you can use your discount code. Like yeah. you guys have a special discount code um, that anything, I think it was over $25. I can't remember. I don't know. It's in Patreon somewhere. But um, oh, also our psychic mediumship and you foundations course is up. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're now on YouTube. We're gonna have a guest next week, Poca Hotness. I'm super excited. We're gonna be talking about ATRs, which is African traditional religion. Yes. So that's anything like hoodoo, voodoo, santeria. She is initiated in quite a few of those practices. So um once so again, if you have any questions. Um, that you want to ask Polka, drop them in here, email us some questions. I've been curating some listener Q and A's for Polka um, because we're going to be going over closed practices and what is closed in an ATR. I think there's a lot of misinformation about this um, that we too are not, obviously, how would we know? We don't, we're not part of an ATR. So (laughs) no, (laughs) Um, we're very excited, but thank you again for all your support and we'll see you next time. We'll see you guys next month for maybe some spicy Valentines. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Bye. Bye.